This is great. Chilling by the ocean, waves crashing, drink on the side. Death Star flying above me. Are those Typhon? The sun is out and our blockade is legal. Join Robin Boat and Sean Michaud right now. Right now. Oh, hey, we're recording. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to uh, the Brick City Blockade podcast here. Episode 38, a little ramblings before the show began. I hope you tuned into that just for the quick minute there. But we're here on the episode, of course, myself, Robin Vogt, and sitting across from me is the man himself who just admitted the same stuff as I do about Harold Reynolds. That's Mr. Sean B. Show. Sean, what's up, dude? What's up? What's up? It's quarantine. <laughs> I have a feeling you were going to say something like that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's all over TikTok, too. Have you noticed that? All, all the uh, Do you not watch Yeah. TikTok? I mean, I watch TikTok from Twitter. I don't have a TikTok. Do you see the TikTok thing I sent you? I sent the group with SpongeBob. <laughs> my sister sent that to me. He's like, that's kind of hilarious i mean tiktok i at first and let me just say this before we get into our major league baseball talk and we get into everything with the mandalorian sports in general I, i'm just gonna say this all right jenna and i have been my girlfriend uh we've been going back and forth with tiktoks and i never thought i would say this but tiktok will never be vine but it's getting there it's getting there well i can tell you this I like TikTok a lot more than whatever Musical.ly was trying to be. Oh, my. Don't even get me. You mean uh, just a bunch of young people dancing and doing all that? I mean, TikTok still does that, but uh, there's more comedy. Yeah. I mean, can can we do a Brixie Blockade TikTok? Let's just start it. Once once this uh, quarantine, Quarantine. uh, self-isolation ends, and we could start doing more. I think that's a great idea. Like when we're at conventions and stuff. That's a cool idea. Or just events in general, like when you and I are just sitting at the North Beach Grill. Do some TikToks. You know? Me, you, having too many beers, talking about uh, <laughs> ship and scanning. <laughs> scanning. <laughs> I, I feel like we do a lot of uh, uh, Stephen, Stephen A. Smith. That's... Did you see the? Did you see him react to the to the baby first take thing? Oh my goodness gracious! It's hilarious. Oh, Stephen A. Smith is just big shout out to Stephen A. Smith uh, on New York ninety eight point seven ESPN. I mean he, and of course first take. Um, uh, I I miss the days, man, of him and Skip. Oh, sports. I, I just and I miss his Dallas Cowboys rants. I miss the New York Knicks rant, rants and just everything. He used to pick on, you know, Skip all the time about the Cowboys, and now, and now it's. Uh, I miss him just. I miss him ranting about the, why the Knicks are not good. And <laughs> that's why I went from becoming a Knicks fan to a Brooklyn Nets fan as soon as that team came in. Oh man, because those New York Knicks are just a mess. 
but before we talk sports, I think we should talk a little bit uh, about the Mandalorian before yeah. this episode gets crazy in depth of sports. But yeah, what, what do you, what do you so, think, of Sean? Because I know we want to talk a little bit about the Mandalorian second season coming. Yeah, up, it's else. in production. It's not filming yet, of course. I don't know. I don't know what the film what how this pandemic is going to affect the, the filming and a lot of shows. Right. So I don't know how much, I don't know if we're going to see a fall release, maybe a 2020, 2021 release, maybe early De- yeah. depending. We don't know how this is going to go. Yeah. That's the, that's my first concern about the Mandalorian season two. Uh, but not really concerning, but mm-hmm. about I'm excited to see Ahsoka and yeah, you know that she's playing. I'm. I mean, I, your biggest. Ahsoka, not a, well, this is interesting. I know I'm not a huge Rosario. I don't think Rosario Dawson fits. Now you said that early on. As soon as those discussions in the fandom started happening, you were like. Mm. I love Rosario Dawson, but I'm not sure if she's the right person to play her. You've been saying that since day one. I don't know. I mean, I've seen her, and she's not. I don't think it, she fits the Ahsoka vibe at all. She's really? too. I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll have to see if if this actually can if it actually goes through it. Well, see, that's the thing. Is like. You know, I think for me, and I share this in the chat, and I totally see where you're coming from, Sean. It's like, you know, is she the right person to play the role? I love Rosario Dawson much like you, and it's like Ashley Eckstrand's the only person who uh, play, can play Ahsoka. I know, and you know, mocap her. Yes, and it's like you can mocap and do the voiceover that way. Or the other thing is, is like, I love Rosario Dawson much like you, and Andrew has said this in the chat, and Scott Inch has told me about this. It's like if you're gonna do it then why have Ashley Eckstein do the voiceover on a live-action character? You know, when you bring somebody in, they're going to do the voice for that character. Right. It's like... It's interesting. If if they did it, and going back to uh, Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. it kind of confirms that Ashley Eckstein is a live-action Ahsoka. Well, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Her voice I mean, it's, it's canon. That her, vo- her I, just, I don't know how they're gonna do it. Right. I mean, I, I would. The best case scenario, uh, sorry, best case scenario would be having Rosario Dawson play Ahsoka, but yep. her, her face and kind. Of, and I, do I, I see what you're trying to say. Face body, kind of. I mean, it's. It's really hard to do that with some. Um, what's there's this movie that did that? Like you got to be like the Green Lantern when they did. I see uh, when they did the the full thing for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it did not work really well. I mean, oh, no, and that movie still doesn't hold up to this day. And I hope they don't do that with. The man, uh, Mandalorian. I don't think they do. I think they have the the money to do that. Right. Yeah. That's that's a, that's quite an investment, especially with Filoni wanting to accomplish a certain amount in season two. You got a lot of questions you got to answer. Don't play what? around with anything. 
you know? Why wouldn't you use Ashley Eckstein as a Ahsoka? <sighs> That's a great question. It's a great question. It's I would say the same when it comes to, you know, somebody like Sabine, if they came into the picture in live action at some point, or even, I'm going to say it, you want to go back in time, you want to talk about that period of time right after Revenge of the Sith and moving into the Rebels timeline, why wouldn't you use Freddie Prince Jr. as Kane and Jarrus? You know? It, it, it's one of those conversations, but it, it's, right. a, it's a fascinating one. It is. And it's kind of hard to do uh, go back from like having the voice actress actors of of Anakin and Obi-Wan and, and Padme. You can't really do that because they were kind of already live action before, so... Well, and let me say that is like think and about they, they they do yeah. a fantastic job though. That Obi Wan and the Clone Wars is really yeah. fantastic. Yeah, but the thing about the 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 uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in Clone Wars and the way that we see Anakin and the way that we see Padme is those were based off of the prequel characters. When you look at Anakin, Padme, and Obi Wan throughout the Clone Wars series and now into this season it's, as well, they're based off of Hayden Christensen. Off of Ewan McGregor and off of Natalie Portman. Just their design alone is based off of those characters. So if you're going to do Ahsoka, and, I mean, Kanan, if you look at, when you line up animated Kanan Jarrus next to Freddie Prince Jr., if Freddie grew out the beard and wore the shield over his eyes, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know the difference because those characters are built based on the voice actors that play them. You know, I see it with Anna Graves, who plays mm -hmm. Duchess Satine. When you look at them, and Anna Graves is wonderful. She's been on the podcast. I love chatting with her about her role as Duchess Satine. Big shout out to you, Anna, right now. I know it's hard to quarantine and everything, and a big shout out to your family right now um, with everything you're going through, much like the rest of us, too. And it's like, you know, when she was on the show, and you look at the voice that she portrayed and the character that was built for her through Dave Filoni and George Lucas, there's a lot of similarities in terms of their design and how they actually look. So what I'm trying mm -hmm. to get at is, like, if you're going to have Ahsoka in something, keep the standard where it is going the other way. If it makes sense for animated, continue to push it forward into live action. I'm not saying Rosario Dawson shouldn't play Ahsoka. I'm curious to see if it's true. If it's true, Lucasfilm, like we say, if Lucasfilm hasn't confirmed it, it's not true just yet. But mm -hmm. if we see her take on that role... Is there going to be a crossover between the way that she looks and Ashley Eckstein and the way that she'll project that voice? I'm fascinated by it all. I really am. I know. I am too. It's like, this is uncharted territory. You know what I mean? It is. And especially if... Wasn't there another character confirmed coming to season two? I can't remember who it was. Well, we There's have someone, a new or, coming or, in. Or a new actor. Michael what? Bean's going to be coming in. He's been in a lot of 80s action films, and there's a lot of questions around who he's going to play. Who do you think? <sighs> I've talked with Andrew about this and a couple of others, but I haven't talked to you about it. And I think the way it, it, 80s action movies, and I know you like 80s movies as much as I do, the one thing about those films is that they took on the essence of the villain so well. And... The villain is like the one thing that stood out. I'm going to say 80s into the 90s in terms of films. Villains really did stand out the most. Michael Bean is the right guy to play a villain somewhere, whether that's associated with the remnants of I feel, the Empire. I feel like a new, like a new villain. Yes. Like I, don't, I don't see we, someone recurring yet. 
Right. Just right. just because we already have kind of villains in that's still coming back from season one. Right. So there's no reason to kind of play into that. And the focus of this next season in season two is really going to be the dark saber. And, yeah. You know. And I'm excited to see uh, whoever plays Ahsoka uh, come in contact with this yes. uh, saber. Because mm-hmm. it's making sense with the Clone Wars timeline right now. You know, we're getting on to probably the second siege of Mandalore here. And we're going to find out a lot of details because we know Sabine ends up with it at one point um, in Rebels. And then we don't know much after that. So the Clone Wars is going to answer some questions about maybe Ahsoka's tie-ins with this. And then, of course, heading into the end of the season of Rebels, this last season, um, into post-Return of the Jedi time, you know, there's that ga- time gap where it's like, okay, where, <laughs> where are we? Because now the Darksaber's back in the picture again, like it always does in Star Wars. And how does that play into the, uh, the canon on TV? Because, I mean, it's such an obscure reference. I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, but I was fielding a lot of questions from my family, other friends outside of the podcasting world that are like, what was that thing in The Mandalorian? It's like not no one could have predicted that. No, and I'm surprised, and I I loved it. It's so different, so different. It was so felony though to put the dark saber on the shelf in Rebels and then bring it back in the Mandalorian. It was oh oh, so good. But let me ask you this, Sean. Since you posed Mm -hmm. me a question, let me throw one your way. All right, because as we head closer, you brought it up, and I'm so glad you did at the beginning when we got into our Star Wars chat here quickly about deadlines and the things that we're going to have to meet. Now, COVID-19 has really put a hold on a lot of projects, not just The Mandalorian, but a lot of other ones. Obi-Wan, and not even just in Star Wars. I think there's a lot of films um, and documentaries that have been put on hold because of Mm -hmm. this Yeah, the the, uh, Disney Plus stuff, uh, The Falcon and and Winter Soldier was filming in Prague. They had him uh, fin- not finish. I think they're still on hold filming, but yeah, just in ge- even even release dates are getting pushed back. That that's fascinating. It's really um, fascinating. Two thousand twenty-one. We have uh, the Morbus. To it was supposed to come out in November, right? Yeah, November. And we have a lot uh, a lot of films of. Putting, getting pushed back. We had no time to die, and yep, in November, and I don't know. How Black Black Widow was supposed to be yes next month. It's supposed to be next month, so you know that's getting pushed out. That's definitely getting pushed out in that case. Have we heard much about that? That's a good question for the fandom out there. I I, I heard it was getting postponed. We don't know yeah. when. Right. So we'll get a rescheduled time on that at some point. We'll update you guys. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's such an interesting time. But my question to you in terms of this is that, you know, you brought up the Mandalorian too with it. And depending on where they are come the fall. Now, I don't know where they are in terms of filming overall for season two. We know when season one ended. Season two got greenlighted by Disney and and Lucasfilm started doing work on it already. We know Mm -hmm. the Mandalorian is probably going to be 10 to 12 episodes per season. That's what we're looking at probably um, for the series. 
My question to you is, is that if they have five or six episodes in the bag right now for the fall or even earlier, do you do a split season and then wait and do the second half in 2021? Do you wait? We could. I mean, do we want do Disney Plus want to do weekly episodes, or do do they just want to throw out the five episodes at once, or just and then yeah. do it once uh, the second part? It's it's hard for to do that though. It I is. Think. It is because I had this conversation with Scott Inch about some of the stuff happening with Batwoman. Um, I just saw the CW show. I mean, just uh, everything's yeah. being postponed. Uh, but there are ones that are, Sean, even closer to release and are already filmed and ready to be released. And I had this talk with him the other night. It was like, well, do you split the season up and do you keep people on the edge of their seats for the next time they show episode six or episode seven? I don't know. It's, it, it depends on what... It depends on what the studio wants to do. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's funny because uh, The Last of Us 2 is being postponed. Right. I saw they're, that. And they're... Basically, almost finished uh, with the touches, but it was not because they were not running in time. It's because of the, the pandemic, and and right. a lot of people. I think that their choice was because people want to get the physical copies. Of course, I mean, right. Me personally, I want the uh, the physical copy mm-hmm. just for a collection. It'll be fascinating to watch as we get closer and closer in terms of you know. How much longer this uh, COVID nineteen stretch lasts? Um, and, how much longer will you have to be in quarantine? And, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how it affects the the movie industry, the theaters, the <sighs> business wise. They're going to get bailed yeah. out. They're going to have to get bailed out. I know that these companies have a lot of money, but their their funding is based off of how many butts can they get in the seats for some of these films. Mm-hmm. And if they're, I mean, they're and they're closed. I'm sorry, they're not making the money. Are they going to do doing six feet apart in the movie theaters and not just be jumbled up? It's hard because the state issued orders are saying for they're not a essential business. They have to be closed. No, I'm talking about once, saying, this oh, all, once this is all done. Oh, I mean, people are still going to be on edge, and it's still going to be this. This virus is still going to be lingering, lingering around. No doubt about it. Oh yeah, it's going to keep going for a little bit. I mean, me personally, I still want to see Black Widow in theaters. Me too. That's the only way to see it, I think. Just or just movies in general, like movies in general. I want is I like going to the theaters, but I'm going to be on edge of just going out to places. Yeah, for a little. I think everyone it will be until until a vaccine, which will take probably um, sixteen to eighteen months. Yeah, yeah. Depending on how. How the clinical trials go on. Yeah. There's so many scientific factors. So many Mm -hmm. scientific factors that have to come into play for that. And it's like, it's like what we keep saying though, Sean, you know, you and I say it on social media. We say it here at the podcast. It's like, stay inside, make this so much easier for everybody else right now. You know, just stay inside, watch Disney plus do what you need to do because Mm -hmm. the quicker you can do that and let the scientists do what they need to do and let the state officials do what they need to do. The quicker we can be done with this. And like you say, be back in our seats without any qualms about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and hopefully we won't be back to normal for, for a while, maybe a couple of years or so. And for the, yeah. for the economy, of course, but of course, well, yeah, mo- no. maybe more than a couple of years, but we'll see. 
we'll see. It's an important year for a lot of different things, a lot of different things, but, you know, we're here. We're here for you at the podcast to support you, your families, in any kind of situation that you get yourself into as a, as a moral support system. So, and stay at home. And whoever's listening to us, I, I think we should, we should thank everyone who's working pretty hard, the nurses, doctors, yes. uh, grocery store workers, uh, everyone's just working at still make this country, not a country, more this world going, keep yeah. going. So, yeah, thank we're you. here to support you all. Yes, thank you. Yeah all the essential workers out there. I, I, I agree with Sean hundred percent. You guys are out there working your butts off, um, helping people out, putting yourself, putting yourself at risk. And, um, we're here to support you in every way possible. Everyone's doing their part, but I think we should move on to, I think sport, sports that we haven't been talking about. It's been, it's a, it's been a weird year for sports. It Let me really tell you that. has been. It really has been. I mean, NHL season got canceled. MLB is in a siesta right now. NBA, especially. I mean, it was a huge wake-up call for the world. I think especially Ooh. for the country once the NBA was canceled or yeah. postponed. Yeah, the season was postponed. That really yeah. took shock. That, that night was, like, so crazy. It was... Rudy Gobert and who else was it? Um, a couple of Utah Jazz players, right? Anthony, uh, not Anthony. What's his name? I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah, Don Anthony Donovan is this his name? Anthony Donovan Don, Don, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. That's what. What did say, yeah. Anthony Donovan? Um, <laughs> and and then we had Tom Hanks that night and Rita oh, Wilson. That that night was weird, but yeah. I don't know. What are your what are your feelings on, you know, like what are you doing? Because we're gonna get into some of the thoughts from some of our listeners, of course, coming up here. But what do you what do how have you been coping with this sports season? Because we don't talk a lot about sports on the podcast, but you and I outside well, of the podcast always I talk. Mean, I was really into the NBA season this year and Mar in March Madness and oh, in yeah. March Madness that that. Once they canceled that, that made me not pissed because it made me uh, sad that they canceled it. Of course, I mean, we, I mean, March Madness was a thing to look forward to. I mean, baseball, of course. I mean, and NBA's coming. I think it would be good postseason for the Celt. I mean, for the Celtics, of course, just for yeah. the NBA in general. I think it would be really interesting to see how that would play out. Mm. We had a lot of teams that really have not been in the playoff picture in a long time suddenly in the playoff picture for this NBA season. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks, their rise recently has been nothing but amazing to watch. You Especially know? those these fast few years for the Bucks. Oh my and, and, and the Jazz. Yeah. Well, you called the Jazz two years ago. You said, "Look out for the Jazz," and it was it was right when they traded Gordon Hayward. It was when they got rid of him. Mm -hmm. they, they drafted smarter is what they did. You know what I mean? They had Rudy Gobert. They had all these guys that they. <laughs> I remember the day that Rudy was drafted by Utah. All the fans were booing. They were like, "Ah, not this guy." Well, guess what? He's made a huge difference for that squad. Um, of course, he made a huge difference. <laughs> Of course. 
Yeah, wow. Well, what he did. I know. And, and I don't know. I don't know how. I'm. Ex- I'm. In, I'm interested to see how. Oh, what they're gonna. How he's gonna handle. I mean, hold the. The team's gonna handle him. Right, because if he's, if he's gonna. Yeah. Just release him. I know. I mean, if I was, if I was the. The general manager, I would probably release him for. I mean, he was being foolish, but. Right, he wasn't answering he, he, questions. He wasn't pertaining to the health of the rest yeah. of the league, you know. And it was my Brooklyn Nets that were out there, you know. That's what made it really frustrating to me. Was like, first it was the Utah Jazz, and then suddenly Kevin Durant was was said to have it, and then I was like, oh boy, here we go. Here comes the rest of the lineup: Spencer Dinwiddie, the entire crew. Just ended I mean, up. Marcus Smart even got it, and. I remember hearing him on CNN talk about it too. It was fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, him as a player, I mean, he's he's such a good person overall. I mean, just yeah. Yeah. just hear just hearing from all these guys talking talking about this was was so uh, uplifting. I think. Yeah. Now there's a lot of hope. I mean, Marcus Smart obviously worked through it. I mean, I mean, look at it. I mean, they're 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 in, they're mid thirties, twenties, people uh, athletes. So yeah. it's it hits everybody, you know. And Marcus Smart's in immense shape, in fantastic shape. He's an NBA player. He runs up and down courts for a living. You know what I mean? He's uh, he's probably one of one of the top scorers in. The Eastern Conference, if not one of the top scorers, he's, yeah. he's gotten better over the years. It's yeah, it's, especially his three-point range. I mean, wasn't he trade bait like two years ago for the Celtics? <laughs> Originally, they were going to get rid of him. I thought. I don't. Know. I, I'm pissed. That I got rid of Aaron Baines, though. Mm, that's a guy who's gone elsewhere and done some stuff. But yeah, no. I mean, but but for you. How has before we get into Major League Baseball talk in particular, you know, what has the coping methods been like for you? Like, how have you been able to fill that time? Usually, you'd be watching sports. Like, are you playing sports, video games, or? Uh, I haven't really. I, I just been watching old old stuff on Twitter, just just recapping, yeah. and just like in general, I just been watching the not all of the games, but how about you? <laughs> I, mean, I haven't watched much sports. I mean, that's right. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in the same camp. Like it's. It's hard to watch. Like I watch FS1 during the day when I'm doing my work for for you know the school and whatever else, and I'll watch you know ship and scanning, of course. And uh, they're doing their show live from their house, and it and it's it's weird. You know what I mean? They're talking about sports. I think the one thing that really caught me off guard during this entire time was Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. I think that came out of nowhere. It came out in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you kidding me? Of all the teams that he went to, he didn't even choose the LA Chargers. He, he went to he went to Tampa Bay and uh, isn't the not, LA Chargers now in Nevada? Yeah, uh, no, the Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. Are, Raiders. Almost, yeah. Which is which is weird. Like, here's this too: is like the LA Rams randomly changed their logo. I uh, do not like the logo. <laughs> I think I'm in the yeah, I'm in the same. I like the Ram logo, like the, the animal logo. That's cool. But mm-hmm. I am not a fan of that LA logo at all. But I'm glad the maybe, Chargers. Yeah, maybe just me. I just don't like the color colors. 
well, do they have the same colors as the Chargers right now? And it's like, you know, the, the Lakers and the Clippers don't have the same colors. The Angels and the Dodgers don't have the same colors. Why are you two having the same colors? Because they're L.A. Uh, yeah, but UCLA is those colors, too. So it's like, are you trying to be cool like that? Like, I, I don't know. But that was their chance to go just to blue and white, like the old-fashioned Rams, like back from the 60s were, and make it like Dodgers. You know, have a connection there somewhere. But uh, do you think the NFL season will be postponed, or will they be on track? They're on track as of right now because the NFL season doesn't start until September. It's right around uh, September 11th. Usually, like that's the big weekend in New York and New England, and you know, places that have direct connections to the events of 9/11. I'm sure we will have. People there, I think it's going to be less, more empty. But as time goes on, it's going to fill up more. Do you think it will be... Now, this is a question for you, because I've thought about this as well, and I'm going to pose this to, to everybody who's listening. Do you think, come the fall, when we're talking about um, the NFL season, when we're talking about the NHL maybe getting back up and started, when we're talking about maybe some postseason baseball, probably not. I think we're, we're looking at a different deadline for that. But do you think, come the fall, like with the NFL, that we're going to have empty stadiums broadcasted games? Probably at first. At first, yeah. Like do the first six games of the season that way. And depending on, I think, now, it would be interesting to, if they had a system where, uh, depending on how uh, antibodies and f- for the who tested, po- yeah. tested positive or negative and will be able to enter the stadium. Yeah, these are conversations we never thought we'd be having when it comes to, you know, sports and... Or and just in, sports, just ven- venues in general, like concerts. I know there's a lot of concerts going to be that are postponed. Uh, that's hurt hard, like man. Co- Coachella to in fall and stuff, but there were so many great concerts coming this fall and summer. I was looking forward to some of them, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, not those. I mean, it's great that artists are going online and doing the performances on Facebook. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not as it's exciting. Not yeah. It's not the same, right? It really is not. But back to the sports stuff, it's like, you know, moving into now Major League Baseball in particular, you know, I think for you as a Red Sox fan, as me as a Mets fan, I think as just baseball fans in general, it's been very hard not having it was, day. Even though, like, I mean, even after all this, uh, the Houston Astros scandal, that I had a feeling this this baseball season was going to be weird. No, you're right. Did you watch any spring training when they were playing? I watched a few games. I don't. It was awkward. The for, the, for, the, for the Astros, ooh, a lot of booing, and yes. especially for um, Altuve. Altuve. Oh my God, I'm so surprised by him. I I used to respect him, and now I I I can't just stand him anymore. I mean, the entire thing. Just the entire Astros team was just disrespectful. And you look at it, and. You know, I'm a Mets fan. I, I, I really don't like the Nationals at all. But I'm really glad that they didn't win the World Series now. That the Nationals did beat them. You know what I mean? I, it, yes. It means a I, lot. I was, I was rooting for the Astros back Me then. Me too. Me too. And then I thought about it after a while. And I was like, you know what? Thank 
God, the Nationals beat them. Because if the Astros won it, I would have said, you know what? They got to turn over the championship. They got to turn it over. That's it. I hope I hope the MLB fans don't forget about the Astros scandal after this. Once we get back to postseason, I mean postseason to the season. But here's my question for uh, how this how this season's gonna come back. Do we see more doubleheader games? Like, is mm. there a possibility, or do we have a a shorter season, or do we oh. just skip the whole season in general and just go? I mean, go next year like the Olympics. <sighs> Here's here's the here's the two answers. Here's what I think is going to happen. What I what I <laughs> what I want to happen and what I think is going to happen. What I want okay. to happen is let's skip out on the entire season and wait till next year. Let's just let's just wait on this now because it's not worth starting up at the end of the summer, at the beginning of the fall, and we see round two of COVID come through because then mm-hmm. then then we're talking about delays again and whatever else, and it's not it's not worth it. But Here's what I think will happen. I think we're going to get to a point, probably late July, they're going to try it. I really do think they're going to try it. They're going to do doubleheader games but with a less less games per se- for the season. I, I think it's more reasonable for MLB than the NBA season, I think, just because of because they play out in a farther distance from each other. Same, same with fo- uh, football. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like the players are separated on the field anyway, and then you can separate them in the dugout if you have to. You can't really do that with the NBA. NBA. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. Everybody's packed tight in. They have to sit on a bench next to each other. Majorly Sweating can- right on in front of each other, trying to block a ball. Uh, I know. And you're right. You're right in that case. It's like, so what do you think then? Because that's my thought is that, yes, we go to doubleheaders during the day, which is great. I don't mind the idea of doubleheaders during the day because the more baseball, the better every single day. I think there's a lot of things that it could trigger in terms of players' well-being. The idea of not just having the standard 40-man roster, but possibly a larger roster where minor leaguers have to start coming up and filling in for players. Um, Like hockey has multiple lines Mm -hmm. that come out and play during the game. Do you do that with players so that they can get the rest time involved? It's... What do you think? What are you thinking when it comes to this? I think more more reasonably, I think what I want, I think would love to, like you said, more baseball games, of course, doubleheaders, and just play the whole 162 game. That's not reasonable. I think it's gonna, yeah. I think it's more to do for them to do either just play a single game and have a shorter season or just skip it or just play through the winter, play at different stadiums. Play in Florida, play in Arizona. Yeah, have actually have the season go on in Florida, or yeah, like you said, or California, or interesting. Play play in Japan where they play with the indoor stuff. Yeah, then you open up the idea. Well, again, there are some again. Again, that's that's hard to do because travel stuff. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird situation. I think MLB has the toughest out of all the sports because they got a lot of money. Because because the NBA was. With more than halfway through the season, yep. I feel like it's easier for them, them to do it because they're they play indoors. Yeah, so I agree. But MLB is harder because, of course, it's outside and weather, especially. It's it's that's why it's hard to play during the winter. It's all good points, man. It's all good points that we're we're gonna have to keep talking about and things that we're gonna have to watch and see. But you know, Sean and I have shared our perspective on it. We have two fantastic guests that have uh, chipped in. 
their ideas and what they miss most about baseball right now and some of the things that they hope to see when a major league baseball season starts up again so here's here's their thoughts big shout out to dave hackerson and james of rebel scum podcast for their perspectives we'll catch you guys on the flip side so this is how i am getting my baseball fix with no baseball right now i got my my cubby stuff on reliving probably the most incredible sports experience of my life as a long time Cubs fan 2016 World Series hell yeah I'd be better hey blockaders this is James Rezile from the Rebel Scum podcast uh, glad to be here glad to talk some baseball I'm going to over the show right now what we have coming I'm just joking look you, uh, you asked what we miss most about baseball and I I am. Uh, I was born in the city, the great city of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, so I'm a diehard, lifelong Blue Jays fan. Most people think of Canada, they think of of hockey, but I'm a baseball fan. So what do I miss most? I'm already I'm already longer than I should be. But you know what? You're gonna deal with this clip. <laughs> what I miss most? Look, I miss the ballpark, the noises, the the swinging of the bat. The ball hitting the bat and that cheering you make when you, the first homer of the season. Look, I'm a big, I love the bunts, which I don't do anymore. But the first home run of the season, if you are in attendance for that, is the most thrilling, adrenaline pumping experience of all time. It is beyond fun. I love it. I miss that, but I miss just sitting back, enjoying the sights and sounds. You know, in a, the spring daytime games. Bomb, 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 bomb. I miss it all, man. I miss baseball. I hope it comes back soon. I hope we get back to normal soon. But thank you for uh, doing this. Thank you for having this. And uh, I'm over a minute beyond my time. So uh, take care. May the force be with you. So thank you again to James and Dave for their insights. I know it's been tough for Sean and I as well. Um, getting through these times without our New York Mets, without the Boston Red Sox. I mean, you can go over to Team Public and pick up one of the shirts now if you're missing your team. Brick City's got you covered on that. But, uh, Sean, I, this is something that you proposed. Uh, yes, I did. This idea actually not really came from me. It came from YouTube. Oh. Uh, I was, not really YouTube. I was watching All Def, All Def Digital. They're doing a live stream. And at the end, they were doing all-time top five NBA players on the Ooh, that's a good one. On the court. The idea I proposed was baseball-themed. So the nine players, manager, or as you know, not all nine. Uh, we also have a relief and closer, so we'll have them too. But yeah, it ends up being like 10. By the end of 10, it. 10, 11, 12, whatever. <laughs> 13, 14, 15. Bonus points, you name, you, we, you name your own team name. Ooh. I Not really bonus points, but. All right. So we got our list together. I posted it up on Twitter. But these are classified documents until they are here on the podcast itself. Who wants to kick yeah. this off? Uh, well, you know, why don't we just go back and forth by. Oh, I like it. Sean, how about you start us? I'm curious. Oh, uh, what, what are we starting off with? We're going to start off with the position that. 
helps to call the balls and strikes, places the pitches where they need to be. That the umpire is no, because that's our job is to scream at them. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, and swear at them. I'm talking about. And I have. Jason Verdick from um, the Red Sox. Uh, he is one, I'm going to say, going back to the 04 years, he was something else, Jason Verdick. He was a, a catcher and a home run hitter. Yeah. You don't see that many. I mean, other than, what's his name on the on the Yankees? Oh, um, the one who's catcher right now, Brian McCann? Yeah. Yes. Hey. Yeah. I mean, the only other one other than that that was on the Yankees was Jorge Posada. He was a home run hitter and catcher at the same time, too. Um, mine was too, though. Mine was, was, was a catcher, a home run hitter at times in clutch situations, and an all-around really good guy, much like Mr. Jason Veritek himself. I had Mike Piazza. It's funny. We, we both chose catchers from our favorite teams because Mike Piazza and Jason Veritek are very similar guys in terms of their playing style, the way that they, you know, they're the faces. They're, they are the catchers that are the faces of those organizations. And, and you could easily see them on, on airplanes. Yeah, you could. You could. No, my my dad seen Jason Verica a couple times on his flights. Right, your dad once or twice. Yeah, Mike Piazza. Yeah, I've seen people like um, Keith Hernandez when I watch the Mets games. He's always like, "Oh, I ran into Mike on JetBlue going out of LaGuardia," or "I ran into him going into JFK." You know, so there's an airplane coordination to our catchers, and I never thought about that. All right, who do you got at first base? Uh, first base, I have. Frank Thomas. Uh, big old Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas. Got to get the big home run hitter, but also get hit. No. He would. And he's a, he's a great guy overall. He's, I wish he was on MLB Network more often. He does talk about male performance enhancements on TV, though. That is true. <laughs> Which is interesting, and I never thought I'd see him in those commercials. No, he is really good on TV. I liked him during the MLB postseason this last year. The court, the, the discussions that he had with A Rod were quite funny um, to watch. I've, gr- I've grown to like A Rod as a commentator. He's he his personality is something else now. Like, and to be honest with you, I think being with uh, Jennifer Lopez has kind of helped that too. Oh yeah, you know, big time. Big time. I mean, it's funny. I, it's it, it, I feel like David she's the same way as Alex Rodriguez. Like for, Yan- for as a Red Sox fan, I've grown to like a Rod, and I th- Yankees fans have grown to like David Ortiz. Now you think? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to get a Yankees fans perspective on that one. There's that. Uh, I've heard, I've heard some, not not all of them, but right. They they don't they do they still call him Shrek though. Shrek. Remember that in 04? The, the Shrek signs. Oh, no. Yeah. Terrible, terrible Yankees fans. Shame on you, you cross towners. Shame on you. But who do you, who do you have for first uh, first baseman? This was interesting to me because I had to because we talked about the designated hitter role and who would fit mm-hmm. into that. And I went National League. I'm a National League guy. Um, I went with Todd Helton. Uh, Todd was one of those players. I remember him more later on with the Colorado Rockies. The old. Late '90s, early 2000s, Colorado Rockies, and then when he—they were a good team back then. Oh man, those Rockies! And, and then, uh, of course, the Rockies were pretty good in '07. Yeah, I mean, they took everybody surprise in '07 when they faced off against the Red Sox. That was a interesting series, for sure. And Todd was always a home run hitter, uh, pretty good guy overall. And I think you know, 
when I all I can do is I can think back to playing um, oh, which one was it? It was one of the Major League Baseball games that I had for the GameCube back in the day. And Helton, I always drafted Helton when you could do the open draft system or make trades for players because his home run stats, like you could have different power hitting um, systems. Mm -hmm. And I remember Todd Helton had like a 96 or a 97 in terms of home run power. And I was like, oh, I got to have this on my roster. So it was an easy trade for me. When I was playing as the Mets, I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to have Carlos Delgado for much longer. I'm just going to trade him for Todd Helton. So, and he's just a really good player overall. He is well. He, he, and he never left the Rockies. So, no. that's, a tr- that's a true uh, player to commit to your team. Yeah, it's a very good point. How about you for second base? Uh, second base, uh, one of my all time favorite players. Uh, first. Very, Jackie Robinson. I think, I think everyone. He, he, one, of course, one of the first uh, African Americans to play on playing the MLB. I think yep. he made. Of course, he, he made history. I think he overall he's just a good, a uh, good hitter at all. Yeah. Uh, would have put Pedroia, but I think we all know why he he's not on there because. He didn't have the longevity. He's still hurt. Right. Of course, he's a he's a fantastic player, but he's a World Series champion. But he just didn't keep up the stats. I felt to go with it. No, and I think Jackie Robinson, of course, had a better uh, position. To right. be on the team. He, he did. He had a better career overall too. The things he was able to do. Or he's, a, he's, a, he's an icon for yeah. baseball. He's an icon. That's a great way of putting it. Um, second uh, yes. for me is, and I know James will like this, but uh, you know he played for both James's favorite squad and my favorite squad, and that's Roberto Alomar. Um, you know, he bounced around between teams. Alomar played for the Toronto Blue Jays. He played for the Cleveland Indians. Um, he played for the New York Mets. At one point, if I'm not mistaken, and I remember his years with the Blue Jays, and the Alomar family is one that carries baseball in their blood, mm-hmm. uh, and I always enjoyed watching Roberto Alomar in my early years um, of watching baseball, and I think in terms of the Latino players, uh, he always was the one that kind of stood out to me. You know, obviously there are others like Mariano Rivera. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, oh, um, you know, Edgar Gonzalez. Oh, I've heard that name in a long time. Oh, man, Edgar Gonzalez, man, when he played for the, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, yeah. Oh, he was great. He was a power hitter, you know. There's so many great Latino players um, and Dominican players in the league. Uh, it's it's amazing, but Roberto Alomar was the one that stood out the most to me at second base. Um, really great player. Wait, I, thought did, I thought we did second base. Did I already do? You did your second base, yeah. First. I oh, did sorry. mine. So okay. what's your third base? Who's your third yeah, base? Sorry, I, th- I forgot I was going first. Uh, my third <laughs> base is he's actually uh, a young guy that's still playing right now, and uh, Nolan 
uh, Arenado for the Rockies. Oh. And the reason I chose him because I, not only he's a he's a great hitter, I think he's one of the best uh, uh, third basemen I've seen in a long time. Yeah, he's got what six Golden Globe Golden Globes Golden <laughs> Globes. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. <laughs> Maybe someday. <laughs> uh, and f- for that age, he- he's what only twenty eight right now. I think yeah. he's doing things that David Wright never did. Yes, I- he's a better <laughs> he's a better third baseman than uh, uh, what's his name? We just we just Yankees. Uh, Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. Yes, we just yeah. talked about him. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. But yeah, I think the reason I chose him because I think we, if I had him on our team, yeah, he would be snagging those balls on the third and third baseman, which is the one of the hardest positions I think third baseman. Oh, totally, totally. And I think this is going to surprise a lot of people with my choice at third base because I mentioned his name. I, I, you know, a lot of people if you if they said, oh, Robin's going to definitely take David Wright as his third baseman. No, I'm going. Not a good third baseman, though. <sighs> he didn't I mean, have the longevity, man. He didn't have. I mean, the... he, he is a good third baseman, but he's not as good as other. No. One. <laughs> he's definitely not as good as this guy. I'm talking about the Atlanta Braves own Chipper Jones. That guy played for the team his entire career. He one, was one of my all-time favorites for the Braves. I, mean, I almost cho- I almost chose him. Uh, yeah. Chose him too. Yeah, I mean, he is the face of that franchise, um, other than John Smoltz, of course. John Smoltz was, was the greatest pitcher, um, and Tom Glavin, of course. But um, Chipper Jones um, at third base, I, I remember watching him as a kid, and you hated him. As a Mets fan, you hated him. You hated him growing up because he was a Mets killer. And the one thing he did do was he was always a professional on the field. He always respected the rest of the MLB. And, you know, he was a real leader on the field, too. And uh, I don't know. I, I think if you – when you tell me names – Now he's in the Hall of Fame just a couple yeah. Of years ago. Yeah. So if you, if you tell me who's your favorite player in the Atlanta Braves of all time, it's Chipper Jones, hands down. Oh, 100%. I would, I would choose Chipper Jones all day for Atlanta Braves. Uh, who is your shortstop, Sean? One of the greatest of all time, and one of the reasons why I got into baseball, uh, Derek Jeter. And I know I'm a not a Yankees fan. Yeah, I mean, I read, of course, I'm a Red Sox fan. I think Derek Jeter changed the uh, the game. Yeah, for for shortstop for this the 21st cent for 21st century, uh, 20th century, right? I don't know when he uh, began. 19- Oh, let me check for a second. Yeah, well, Derek Jeter came in in the late 80s. So that would have been... 95, sorry. Yeah, so he was playing in the minors in the late, uh, early 90s. So, yeah, you could say both centuries. Yeah. You know, he, he really hit his stride, though, in the 21st century. And it's funny because uh, back when I was in California... Yeah, uh, I think in my how old was I? Was that what birthday was it? It was 13, 12. I don't know. I can't remember. 
uh, I have, I don't know if I have the book, but I, I have a Gary Dieter uh, little pamphlet, uh, pamphlet book thing. Oh, wow. Telling stats and his pictures. And huh. he, he was one of my favorite players growing, uh, before becoming a Red Sox fan, too, which is, which is weird. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing about Derek Jeter was he just spanned baseball alone. He, to me, I'm going to be honest with you, is the Michael Jordan of baseball. He is, he is. He, he's the champion. He is the shortstop that nobody is going to be able to ever contest with. And he really is in many ways. I would say next to Jackie Robinson, probably the face of baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie Robinson, Babe Ruth, Derek Jeter. Yeah. And I would and I would dare contest Derek Jeter. Uh, Willie Mays. Willie Mays, he definitely is up there for sure. And I have another guy that will be I I will con- consider going to be another great, but I won't get to there yet. <laughs> uh so uh that was shortstop. Where are we going? My shortstop was the same, Derek Jeter, so I'm not even going to waste time. Let's move on to left field because you said it beautifully. Uh, yes, left field. Uh, well, I'm going to change my left he's, because he's technically. Are you making a switch? Are you making a switch in the outfield? Uh, just a little. Uh, I'm just I'm just putting. Uh, change the uh, scorecard up a little bit. Got to make sure yeah. that you submit that to the umpire. Left field. Uh I don't know if he was left field most most I can't remember. Uh Ken Griffey Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, I feel like he was an outfielder in general, but I think he played mostly left field. Left yes. field center field. Yeah, he was one of my favorites. Just mm-hmm. oh, his power of hitting was insane. insane. That batting one of the, what is it called? Uh, I'm trying to think of that. What, what, are you, what are you trying to think of? The terminology when you hit it really hard. I can't think of the name. A slugger? Sure. Uh, slugger. Uh, I, maybe I'm thinking more of... Power hitter. I don't know what I'm thinking of. There's big yeah. for it, yes. But I think overall he just... He's a great outfielder too. Yeah, he was a good fielder. He really was. Uh, he's the. I don't even know. There's no. There's really no comparison for him either. Like he. He's he, he's, di- he's a different player. In general. I mean, in general, I mean, yeah, like you said, you can't compare him to. You can't. You want to, but you can't. He's his own guy. And uh, I agree with you. And he he stuck it true. He stayed with Seattle and Cincinnati. Those were his two teams. But he's most well-known for, for Seattle. Those yeah. Mariners, you know. Man, <laughs> that's when Ichiro started coming in, man. Oh, my God. Who do you have for left field? I have Mr. Ricky Henderson, uh, best known for the Oakland Athletics. Um, Ricky was a guy who... Had a lot of speed, a lot of speed on the bases. Um, was a really was, fast, was, fast outfielder too. Um, some power. He, he definitely he he had a lot. He of broke he power. broke some stealing records. Yes, he did. Yep, Ricky did. 
And I think the one thing about, you know, again, it's like the, it's the same thing um, with the athletics. You know, when you talk about the Oakland athletics, who are the names that come up? And it's Dennis Eckersley and Ricky Henderson. Mm-hmm. Those are the two names that come up right away. And I think Ricky is definitely up there. I mean, Eckersley with his mustache, you can never miss him in an Oakland Athletics uniform or a Red Sox uniform. You know what I mean? It's and, iconic. Yeah, he played for both our favorite teams. Yeah, isn't it funny how, and I don't the know. Met, our the list- Mets in 1999 to 2000, I'm looking at this right now. And yeah. funny, right bef- two years before, Red Sox won the World Series, played for two, in 2000, 2002. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, the correlation between the Oakland Athletics and the Boston Red Sox in terms of the players they exchange and just those two organizations alone. And then you could say the same again for the Red Sox and the Mets. You know, all three teams really do exchange players consistently um, in terms of their organizations. And it's fascinating to see that. Uh, play out over the years but Ricky Henderson yeah and he's one in, in the left in left field that I think just came to my mind right away um, and kind of watching highlight reels on YouTube helped that out too um, but moving into center field I think probably you know all all positions are extremely important in baseball but this one for mm-hmm. me I think has always stood out as being one of the most important positions um, mm-hmm. and the reason I chose mine yeah, who is still still playing today, Mike Trout? Yeah, he's not even halfway through his career. And he's playing it's like it didn't. He he's he, like I said like ten minutes ago about Derek Jeter. Mike Trout's going to be the same thing. He he yeah. never disappoints you. His average is always up there. He's a great home run hitter. He's a fan. He's one of the best outfielders right now, especially with center field. Him and Mookie Betts. Yeah, and he's Absolutely. one of the best. He's right now. He's the best player of all. Uh, currently playing right now, just in baseball right now. Yeah, and yeah, in general, it's it's crazy to to see what he accomplished. I know he's not done any World Series and postseason because he's on <laughs> the team that's not doesn't do well the best on right. us. But I'm not here to I put him on my team because not because of his World Series, just postseason appearances. Just I put him on because he's a he's a fantastic guy in general. He's really good and I think he's going to be here for a long time. Yeah, for, I mean, for the future, he's going to be, he's going to be in the future Hall, Hall of Fame real quick. I mean, I think he's already kind of made his way into the Hall of Fame already. I think that's the beauty of um, what Mike Trout has brought to the league. I think in all, and I think the other thing, and you brought this up, Sean, and I think it is super important. As baseball fans, I think a lot of our listeners who are baseball fans would agree, is like in the grand spectrum of it all, it is the one sport that you do not have to win championships in order to really like have your name cemented in history. No. Hockey and baseball are like the two sports. I wish I wish basketball did that. 
I know. And it, it disappoints me. There's so many good NBA players out there, but I feel like... Vince Carter is a great Vince example Car- of that. Never won a championship, ever. And he never gets right. into the conversations. But you see, you saw what he did in the 1990 slam dunk competition as a Toronto Raptor. You saw the numbers that he put up in his years with the New Jersey Nets. He did some serious, serious stuff. He was the face of the NBA in the early 2000s with the New Jersey Nets. He really was. Everybody had a Vince Carter Raptors jersey. Everybody ended up getting themselves a Vince Carter New York or New Jersey Nets poster for their room. Mm-hmm. Along it was it was him and then another one is Allen Iverson. Never oh. never won a championship, but mm-hmm. still to this day people respect him and 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 try to put him into their conversations because he put up the stats. He put up the numbers to back it up. So it's that way with baseball too. Mike Trout in many ways to me is the Vince Carter of baseball. Yes. He, 100% agree with you. He is he puts up the stats, he puts up the numbers. He may never win a championship. I'm going to be 100% honest with you and you may agree with me on this. He may never win and that is just fine because he is going to be cemented in history as I mean a bad season for him is like batting 293 with 36 home runs. That's a bad season for him. You know who's another uh, NBA player that same thing? Who's that? Uh, Yao Ming. Totally. Totally gets left out of conversations. Such a great player. Ask Shaq. Ask Shaq. He's a Hall of Famer. Shaq has won championships. But he's like, I looked up to Yao Ming when I was playing basketball. Mm -hmm. He says it. He says it right there. I think a lot of players right now, if you ask some of the young kids coming into baseball, like some of the... Uh, minor league kids that are in AAA that are about to get their big call up, you know, a Gleyber Torres that plays for the Yankees, a Pete Alonzo, all these mm-hmm. guys. I've heard Pete, Polar Pete Alonzo on the Mets, talk about how much he looks up to Mike Trout. And look at what Pete did this season. In mm-hmm. one of his favorite moments, he said it on TV, on SNY to Keith and the crew. He said, My favorite part of winning the home run derby was Mike Trout coming over to me and congratulating me. Such a great moment. There's a reason why Mike Trout is the face of baseball in my mind right now. And that's why. Because he's a, he's a, he's a continent professional. and he can He's a leader. He's a he's leader. A base, he's a baseball leader. He is. He's an absolute leader right now, unlike anybody that we've seen in a very long time. We could do. We could talk about Mike Trout for hours. <laughs> it's it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's easy to do. It's easy to do. But we got other people to get our names on too. So that was for center field. I have yeah, your um, center field. I have Mickey Mantle. Um, mm-hmm. Mickey Mantle for me has always meant so much. Um, he, he, I don't know what it is about Mickey. Like watching favorite you know, player of all time. Favorite center fielder of all time. I can't say favorite player of all time in total because we'll get into who that is coming up here for myself. But um, I don't know. I think the one thing that did it for me was watching – it was the PBS series about baseball. Um, Ken Burns Baseball um, when that was on. And I remember watching through it and he did a whole thing on the years of Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio on the New York Yankees. And 
the rivalry between him and Ted Williams um, mm. on the Red Sox. Those, those Red Sox-Yankees years. And the one thing that stood out to me in terms of Mickey Mantle was that um, he was not afraid to speak his mind. You know, being in New York, York, not afraid to speak his mind. But the one thing he did that Joe DiMaggio didn't was Mickey Mantle was probably one of the best in terms of player relations with players across the league. Um, He he was not afraid to speak his mind about issues. And he was not afraid to play his position in an aggressive manner. So I think that in terms of all the Yankee center fielders, um, they've had some pretty bad luck with them across the years. I think the New York Yankees. Um, Oh yes. You know, I think the only, the only one that I can think of in my mind, other than Mickey, that has been stable enough is Bernie Williams. Um, he was a great center fielder, but he's the only one because you had Johnny Damon who was, uh, to be honest with you, a flop on the Yankees. You had Jacoby Elfieri. I know. I was thinking of those two. And I'm trying to. Oh, and um, Alfonso Soriano. Mm. When Alfonso Soriano got hurt on the Yankees. I mean, great player to play with. Every center fielder on the Yankees get hurt. Mickey Mantle is the only stable player that's ever played that position in terms of getting injured. And Mickey had his fair share of injuries. I'm not going to say he didn't, but he is the face of the New York Yankees when it comes to that position. 100%. So true, so true. All right, who you got in right field, Sean? I have, we talked about a little bit uh, with them, and he, uh, Ichiro. Ichiro Suzuki. Suzuki. So fast. He's one of those players that always loved to play. I think he's the, the reason I chose him, because I think it's because he loved baseball no matter what. Yeah, he kept playing and playing, and he he did he like I feel like he never got injured. He always st- stayed true what he wanted to play as, and yeah, I just his I love his playing style too. Oh, it's his, his his arm from I think he's a, one of the greatest throwing arms to get people out. Yeah. And, and I think I just want to do this. I know Dave Hackerson's going to be listening, um, who lives in Japan. But I have to say, I have always been amazed by the Japanese talent that comes in place in Major League Baseball. Whether it's Ichiro Suzuki, whether it's Hidaki Matsui. What's Koji You know, I think, the big, I think the disappointment I, the most was Daisuke Matsusaka. Um, yeah. You know, he was supposed he was supposed to be really good. Um, Uhara, Uhara, right now. He is he still playing or did he retire? No, he's he's still on the Angels as of right now. Um, but is he? He's old. Um, Koji Uhara. I thought he retired. Uh, I think Koji still. Oh, playing who some- is? Oh, who is the guy on the Yankees? Oh, um, there's also pitcher. Yeah. Um. I, I really loved him. Um, what's his name? There's, there's a couple guys. There's, you know, I, I could keep listing them over and over. Um, I know who you're talking about. He pitches right now for the New York. No, team. the the one back in mid 2000s. 
Well, there was Hideki Matsui that was pitching then, and yeah, I know who you're talking about, but just in terms of Japanese players alone, I've always been impressed, and Ichiro, I agree with you, putting him in right field is not only one of the greatest right fielders of all time, but he's just one of the greatest personalities and one of the best international influences on baseball ever. Yeah, sorry, I was looking at a player. Uh, Play for the Yankees, yeah, I'm trying to... Maybe nothing? I'm looking right now, sorry. No, um... If you want to, while you're looking, I'll go on to my uh, right fielder here. And uh, my guy is um, – oh, did you get a name? No, not yet. Hold on. Just let me know. Um, my guy, my favorite player of all time. If ever, if anybody's ever wondered who Robin's favorite baseball player of all time is, it's my right fielder um, on my all-time roster. Um, and it's Roberto Clemente, um, Pittsburgh Pirate. I know, Sean, you like your Pittsburgh Pirates, of course. Um mm. But Roberto Clemente. DH. DHs. All right, Sean. Who's your DH? My designated hitter is Big Poppy. (laughs) (laughs) That was stupid. (laughs) Why did I say that? One of my all-time favorites, Big Poppy, Dave Ortiz for the Red Sox. And the reason I chose him, because he's my favorite, of course, but I think what he's done for the the Sox loan, winning Win three World Series championships, of course, with the help of everyone else, but he, he did not just win it by himself. Uh, you know, but what he's done for the city of Boston alone, especially after the marathon bombing, he was, he's been dedicated, dedicated for, the, for Boston to be his home. And I think it, he's just a very commun- community person. He's great. Uh, I, don't, I don't see him as a, a, a leader. As more of a, oh, I know what you're now. Like he, as, he, he's had the support of not just the Boston community, but I think as a, as a player too. Like he's defined right. Red Sox. I, I don't see him as a leader. I see him as more of a spokesperson, if you want to call it like that. I don't. I don't know the right word for. No, but like he's in the same conversation as like Tom Brady was for the Patriots. You know, mm, he's a player, yeah. but he's also a spokesperson for that franchise. You know what I mean? That's been. That's been the one thing that I think as, you know, living here in New England and, um, you know, you being a Red Sox fan and us following Boston sports on the side, it's like when you think of Boston sports, the two names that come up are Tom Brady and David Ortiz. And when you think of Red Sox, you think of Ted Williams, uh, Nomar Garcia-Para. Oh, totally Nomar. Yep. Babe Ruth, Dave Ortiz. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm missing someone else. And, oh, and Pedro Martinez. That's a, that's true. That's who I think of when I think of Red Sox. Right, but David Ortiz's name is in that list. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. He is kind greatest of, greatest DH of all time, right? In, in my opinion. Yeah, well, that's why he's mine too. Um, for all, for all it, reasons, and it's hard to be a DH. It is. It is because you don't get that much. You don't get any time in the field. Your job is to hit in tough situations sometimes. Except, except when you play against the the, the postseason or in a league plague, and then DH usually goes to mm. or whoever. What do you like? Dave Ortiz, in instance, he's a he's also a first baseman. He he started as a first baseman, I believe, right? Yeah, he was on the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins, yeah, yeah. I remember those years, man. David Ortiz was a totally different kind he, of player then. He was skinny. Back he then. was, yeah. I remember seeing pictures of him playing for the New Britain Rock Cats um, early on in his career in the. Uh, 
same league as you know the Portland Sea Dogs and mm-hmm. uh, at the time the New Hampshire Fisher Cats were the New Haven Ravens in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, you know there were the all those players went through the minor league system um, at one point, and he was a totally different guy then. His stats were very different, and as soon as he hit the majors and got his chance with the Red Sox, that's where it really took off for him. Really took off for him in 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 different places. So. Everything you said right there, totally. So let's move into pitchers. Let's hit. Let's hit up the. You have you have deities for your DH. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. uh, for pitchers, you say. Yes, yeah, starting pitcher. Um, my starting pitcher and very close friend, dear friend of deities, and I just mentioned him, Pedro Martinez, and he's one of those players that under stress but does not get stressed at all. I think he's he's very calm when he pitches. I think. And I think that that's why I like like he he's a fighter. I think for pitching, he's, he is. He may, I think he defined what pitching has become. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, he I was mean, very pitching has, Of course, pitching has changed a lot. Of, of course, course uh, with new pitching styles, and that's it's who I picked. I'd be your starting pitcher. Yeah, it's Pedro Martinez for all those it's, reasons. I mean, it was one of those things that after two thousand four. I really fell in love with Pedro. I I even remember his early Montreal Expos years. Um, he, he was he was doing stuff already at that point. Um, Can yeah. you bring back the Expos? Just get rid of the Astros. Yeah, get rid of the Astros. Send them to Montreal. Let's bring back the Expos. I agree with you 100. percent And uh, yeah, when he went to the New York Mets, I mean that solidified it for me. You know, mm. it, it solidified it, and watching him. Um, you know, pitch for the New York Mets. I have plaques of Pedro. I had a Pedro Martinez uh, shirt that I used to wear. I think you remember in, in school that mm-hmm. one. Um, and I had that, and I had a Frankie Rodriguez, Francisco Rodriguez shirt that I wore all the time um, during those Mets yeah, years. I I have a, for the I have uh, I don't know if I had the whole team, the 2014 up on my wall. Yeah, just and it's. Cool to see them together. Just that whole team alone was. Yeah. See, for you, the 04 Red Sox, for me, it was the 06 Mets because Pedro was on that squad. Um, you know, Carlos Delgado, Carlos Beltran, Andy Chavez, the famous catch in left field um, over the wall. Yeah, you have, you have the famous catch. I had the famous steal. Yeah, you, yeah, that's right. The Dave Roberts steal in 04. That was, that was the famous steal. And now he's a manager. So that's really. That's really cool to see. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, your relief pitcher. All right. Um, Trevor Hoffman. Uh, Hoff- Hoffman. Known for the San Diego Padres. The San Diego Padres never get enough credit. Um, you know, he he was a great closer for a while, but then moved into the bullpen. And the work that he did with the Padres in the bullpen was just simply amazing. I mean, he was a shutout guy. He set up the closer perfectly every single every single time. I don't know. Trevor Hoffman is like the the face of relief pitching to me. But how about you? Well, I put a starting pitcher for my relief pitcher. If that yeah, well, it, it's really how they end their career. So yeah, well, I put uh, Sandy Koufax for the Dodgers. He one of the greatest pitchers of all time. I think. I think. That, I think we all could agree. When you think of the Dodgers, you think of Sandy Koufax. He just like he, I, he changed the. Also, same thing as Pedro changed the pace of pitching as well. 
Yeah. I, I think I think a lot of pitchers looked up to him. He's like, I want to be this this fantastic pitcher. No, it's true. And, and I, my my mom's a Dodgers fan, and she loves Sandy Kovacs. There's no reason why I picked him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot your family is really split between Red Sox and Dodgers in your household because of the California connection. So that that's the big thing. That's the big thing in your household. Yeah, we're an all New York fan. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was hard to root during the uh, two years ago. Yeah, uh, of course I went for the Red Sox. Hey, they figured it out. Uh, closing pitcher for me. I, I know we we both have the same closing. Yeah, we have the same so, one. What did we say at the same time? One. Mariana. R- Mariana. Mariana Rivera. <laughs> Marinara Rivera. Why does he have a marinara sauce? Marinara Rivera. Marinara Rivera. Oh, that is amazing. Ma, the meatloaf. Hilarious. Marinara. <laughs> Marinara Rivera. Marinara. Um, yeah, Mariana Rivera is like the face of closer, of closers just in general. Um, the things he was able to pull off as a closer. As, and, and as a New York Yankee, you know, being put in very tough situations. I remember the year against the Miami Marlins, you know, or the, at that time, the Florida Marlins. They didn't win that World Series. But Mariano put them in a position to try and win every time. Even in those moments, he was amazing. I think him and Derek Jeter has... I, I love the closing for the, their careers, I think. Oh, 100%. I mean, Derek Jeter with a Sandy ovation. Everyone was watching it. Yep. Game winner, too, which is crazy. And then you have Mariano. I don't remember. He closed, was it a game he, he closed the... What game was that? It was towards the end of the season. It was it was the last game of the season. No, no I'm trying to remember what game that was. It wasn't against. It was against um an in was in it, the league. Yeah, I want to say it was either Baltimore or Toronto. He closed it out against. He also has a great entrance. Entrance song too. Entrance Sandman. Oh uh, yes, that's right. And dun, anytime, dun, dun, dun. anytime at Yankee Stadium, you heard that song, you knew who was coming in. But yeah, Mariano Rivera definitely on there, hundred percent. So managers heading into managers. Um, I found out who yours was ahead of time, actually, so that's it made my job easier because I had two. Yeah. But so st- sticking with the Yankees, um, Joe Torre was is is my favorite. You know, now he's one of the big heads in baseball right now. But mm-hmm. most, I think he's probably, if not the most winning winning manager in baseball history. Number one, um, and number two, he managed the game properly, much like the guy that you. Um, mm. Was, that's know, still that's still managing. Still, who's, who's yeah, that? Yeah, I have Tito. Uh, Tito Francona. Terry Francona, and uh, I love Terry. Okay, I think he what he's done for the Red Sox, I think, is no what no manager could could have done. I don't know if any other manager will ever do what Terry Francona did for the Red Sox. No, I mean Joe Torre probably could have. Right, like there's a certain generation of managers that I think. Could have easily. I think Tori and Francona have very similar managing styles. Yeah, very old fashioned. I think the the relationships with the players are really good. He always kept very good. And that's what that's what I liked about uh, Tito. He had a really good relationship with all the, all the players who who's, he managed over the years. I agree with you 100 percent on that one. I agree with you 100 percent. In our in our all time rosters, you know, so many great players across the years in general that we've been able to see play. And I think the one best, I think the one thing, and that's why you know, in wrapping our episode up here, you know, that that's been, I think, probably 
me has made me the saddest um, with the Major League Baseball season and sports like we've said, Sean, in general, um, not happening during this time is is the young talent. You know, the ones mm. that learned from players like Derek Jeter, Mickey Mantle, Roberto Clemente, some of yours, David Ortiz. Um, Americans pastime and can't wait for the future of, of the baseball itself. Yeah. I mean, baseball itself is heading in a really, really great direction. Um, you know, even though, and this is what drives me crazy. Yeah, it doesn't get the NBA viewership. Yeah, it definitely does not get, nothing gets the viewership like the NFL does. But um, the one thing that baseball always will do, and I still believe this to this day, is that baseball is the greatest, the greatest, maybe next to hockey, but is the greatest international sport that we have other than soccer and hockey. Yeah, I was going to say football. You know, football is up there and hockey is up there but baseball to me is the all american sport it is you know yeah hot dogs baseball for uh, jacks i i think baseball is one of the i think families enjoy the most together i think i've been to more you and you can probably really I, I i see more i think kids are the most you see most in in the stadium than other sports i think i agree with you 100 football when you go to an nfl game it's all adults. When you go to a soccer match, I, I think I think hockey's close to baseball. Hockey is very close to baseball, but I have to say, hockey and baseball are very similar in the way that they market to their fan base. They are very, very similar. And then you have NBA. I think it's toward they market really towards probably teens to adults. You don't see kids as much. Baseball and hockey have always been the two sports that I think that kind. Of, stand out in terms of their marketing to kids. But I think baseball um, is the one you and I, you know, we go to countless baseball games. Um, you know, we try to make it to a Red Sox game together if we can, or uh, Fisher Cats, or, um, you know, I, I have to say probably across the last three years, you and I have caught a few baseball games ourselves. Yeah. Hope in the future we'll be going to more soon. Oh, I know. I'm telling you, man. I, I could use a day at the ballpark for sure. I miss it. I'm, I And it's funny. I got a little emotional about it the other day when it was opening day time because I one of my favorite things is a kid. Today was supposed to be Red Sox opening day, too. At Fenway. I know. And, um, you know, I think I got a little emotional because opening day for me growing up and even today, and I'll be curious to hear how you are with it, that day when we were in school and it was like opening day at school you wore your red Sox shirt or your favorite team shirt and i think the one thing growing up was like we they used to come over the intercom you know living in new england here living outside of boston on opening day they would come on the intercom and tell you the score in the game like opening day was really an emotional day because you went home and and you caught the end of the baseball game saw how your team was doing and then guess what? You go home, you do your homework, 7 o'clock comes on, there's another game to close out the night on ESPN or on, or on TN. That's what I loved about baseball. I mean, you could play in the afternoon, late time, and sometimes they, early time. You don't you don't see that with much other sports. I mean, depending on. Yeah. No, it's not, true. Not, not like uh, NBA. is usually all nighttime games because, of course, it's – like I said, I think it's uh, catered towards more older, uh, t- older teams out that yeah. that plays later times. Yeah, and if you guys, any of you listeners out there, didn't know this because you thought Sean and I were connected, 
just through Star Wars and music and whatever else. The, the biggest thing that connected Sean and I throughout our childhood, knowing each other, was sports. Um, playing basketball together, uh, playing baseball when we used to live closer, <laughs> which we're due for anyway. Um, oh, yeah. You know. We'll, we'll, we'll get this in. Yeah, and I, I, think, I, I think I speak for Sean when I say this. It's like there was nothing like you and I um, playing wiffle ball, going, hanging out, whether it was at your place or we went to a field or, or, and, and played wiffle ball, did whatever. And then doing crazy trick shots at my old house. Doing crazy trick Four times in a row. Oh, my goodness. Totally. And then going somewhere and watching the ball game, going mm-hmm. somewhere, sitting at a bar, sitting wherever it was, you know, and watching a ball game together. It's it's going to be weird this this year. We're not going to – I don't know the fate of all-star game, especially because it's, we've been having it now a tradition of doing home run derby. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. Yeah, I know. And I think that's something as, as, a, as a fandom when it comes to Star Wars, there are conversations that we're going to have in terms of when we're going to see the Star Wars that we love back again. Um, obviously, other than Clone Wars coming out um, every Friday. Tomorrow. tomorrow. Tomorrow, in terms of when we're recording this. Yes. And I think in terms of sports in general, and especially baseball, it's going to be a waiting game. It's going to be a waiting game to see. And you know, we're, 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 in, we're in a rain delay, a permanent rain delay right now. <laughs> it literally is a permanent rain delay. <laughs> it literally is. You're right. Yeah. For every for every sports, it's a rain delay. Even though a lot of sports play inside, it's a rain delay somewhere. <laughs> I like that. Sh- oh, I like that shirt idea. It's a rain delay somewhere. It's like it's five o'clock somewhere, but it's a rain. We'll get through this. I like that. I'm gonna le- I'm gonna leave it at that note. It's a rain delay. We're gonna get through this. Oh, that's so well said, buddy. That was so well said. Um, I, I just I just thought of it. Thank you. <laughs> it's great no it, it fits the mood and again thank you to dave and to james for their contributions mm-hmm. uh, to this episode um make sure to check out rebel scum podcast um and dave will be coming on the podcast very soon again uh we'll definitely have him on more to talk some baseball we, we got a lot we're going to be a lot doing more episodes still it's oh, yeah. we're still we're still in lockdown not really lockdown but we're still in Feels like. home it feels yeah. like if it, day what day twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> We've definitely do that on social media. We are totally day, what day is it? Forty five. <laughs> huh? Wait, where? Where am I going? What? Old man just across the screen. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been good, guys. Uh, yes. Where can the good uh, people find you in social media? That, are you saying that it's plug time, Sean? Are you? It's plug time. It's yeah. plug time. Okay, so you guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mister Vote Tweets. Check out the Brick City Blockade over there at Brick City SWPC. That's where a lot of our social media posting is coming, and over on Facebook as well. I'm getting the Brick City Blockade website back up and running. We're moving into more of a blog format for you guys, um, so the address will change. Um, for the website, so we will be keeping you up to date on that because we want to have more content, uh, more things for you guys to click on on your phone. We really want the um, the the website to match your lifestyle, uh, being on the go. Um, so we're looking forward to really working on that, not just during this quarantine time, but here in 2020, because Sean and I have been saying this for a long time. 
our fan base is always on the run. You're at home. You're doing things around the house. You want to be able to listen to us. You want to be able to find out what's new. We're going to give you a format that works best for you. And uh, we're on the run. Sorry. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Where can the good people find you? You guys could follow me on Twitter, ShawnMichelle1, Instagram at ItZoneZ, uh, Bandcamp, Bandcamp, and SoundCloud. And if you let us know, we're going to be doing more episodes. Let us know what you want us to talk. Let us talk talk about because yeah. we're going to be a shortest on not much Star Wars stuff, yeah. if, depending on news and sports. But we could do movie reviews we could just talk about whatever you you guys want us to talk about anything music you know i know sean and i again have such a connection with music as well um we could relive our high school days let us know if you want to do a live stream again yes yes live streams are always a fun thing to do so until next time robin vote sean my show as always, we say it. Thank you, Major League Baseball fans. We'll be back in those stadiums soon, so keep it locked in to the podcast and to our hopes of seeing baseball once again in 2020. And as we always say, hey, may the force be with you. Always. Forever. Ever. 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 Never, ever, 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 ever.